Thanks for joining us for Open Bible Online today. Open Bible Baptist Church has been in South Jersey for over 60 years. We love this community and we want to be a help to you. In order to help us help you in the best way possible, would you do us a favor? Please fill out the digital connection card posted in this link. Here you could post prayer requests and also ask any questions you may have about Open Bible. If you'd like to give today, you could give online in less than two minutes. Visit openbiblenj.org for more information. Thanks again for joining us today. Now enjoy the service. Hey, good morning, folks. Pastor here. So glad to be able to be with you on this Sunday morning. I am grateful for all that the Lord has done. And uh, for those of you who may not know, we have services in person now, and uh, they are limited. We're trying to follow the guidelines of the CDC. Uh, you can register for them. We've got one at 9 and then one at 1045. We're practicing social distancing and we are asking folks to wear masks, but we would love to have you. We've got a good group of folks that are coming out and we're so thankful for that. But uh, why don't you consider if you've never visited us in person to register and come and be our guest. I would love to be able to meet you in person. So thankful that you're here. So let's grab our Bibles if we would please. Maybe get your favorite uh, cold drink. Get your family around and let's open up the Word of God. We are going to finish up Matthew today. Matthew chapter 28. This is our 45th sermon in the book of Matthew. We're going to talk about the mission part two. The mission part two. Matthew chapter 28 verses 16 through 20. Then the eleven disciples went away into Galilee, into a mountain where Jesus had appointed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore, and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even until the end of the world. Amen. Would you pray with me? Father, I want to thank you for this wonderful portion of Scripture. And Lord, I pray that you would help me to be an encouragement and a blessing to those who are watching and listening. And Lord, I pray that your word would uh, convict us where we need convicting I pray that it would comfort us where we need to be comfort and change us where we need to be changed. Lord, I would ask that you would take your word and that you would use it in the lives of these, your dear people. I thank you for the opportunity and privilege and responsibility to be able to share your word. Lord, I ask that if today there's someone that does not know you that's watching this uh, YouTube or Facebook video cast, Lord, I pray that they would come to know you. We thank you for your goodness to us. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Everybody lives for something. We would call that our purpose or our mission. For those of us who know Christ as our personal Savior, friends, we don't get to choose what we live for. Why? Because we've given our life over to Jesus Christ. He saved us from our sins. He's brought us back into a relationship uh, with himself that we broke through our parents many, many years ago. And so now, because we live for Jesus, we're his disciples. He's given us a mission. 
And our mission is to be on mission. Our mission is to be on mission. Well, what's that mission? Well, it is to seek and to save those which were lost. That was God the Father's mission. He sent Jesus. That was Jesus' mission. He sent the disciples. And now he is sending us. And the question arises, are you and am I on mission today? You know, every day we've got to say, hey, I got to get on mission. We got to challenge ourselves. We got to remind ourselves. We got to follow the command of Jesus to be on mission. And what I found through this passage of scripture, Matthew 28, verses 16 through 20, are some universal truths of everyone that's on mission. Last week, we learned uh, two universal truths. And the first two were, you must be available and you must be devoted. They are a part of a person who is on mission. Availability and devotion. I want us to take a look at three more universal truths that will let us know if we're on mission. I don't know about you, but I don't want to be going in the wrong direction in life. If I had uh, someone who was taking my finances and helping me with my finances to invest in the future, I'd want to make sure that I'm going to the right resource. I, I want to make sure that I am uh, investing properly. That's why you have uh, people that invest money for you. You want to make sure you're doing it right. Well, Jesus Christ has given us some benchmarks, some universal truths to know if we're on mission, if we're following Jesus, if we're a devoted disciple. Again, be available, be devoted, but thirdly, or you might want to put down number one for this new message, the next way that you know that you're on mission is you are surrendered. You are surrendered. Take a look at verse 18, if you would, please. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. You say, Pastor, well, what does it mean to be surrendered? Well, to be surrendered is to give up one's rights. When someone surrenders in war, what are they doing? They are stating that they are giving up their right to fight against uh, another uh, country or another individual. They are willing to live by the dictates of another. In the Christian world, we used to hear a great deal about being surrendered to Christ. Today, to be honest with you, it's kind of out of vogue. I mean, we have our own lives to live and and we don't want to be too fanatical about Jesus Christ. We like to think that we are surrendered to Christ because we come to church or we read the Bible and pray. You know, if we're really surrendered, we even put a few bucks in the offering. But see, to be surrendered to Christ, friends, is more than that. It's to give up your right to live your life for yourself. It's to give up your right to live your life your own way. And instead, it's to live your life for the glory of God and for his benefit. See, it's to live life based upon what Christ says and for his glory. In Matthew chapter 16 and verse 24, the Bible says, Then Jesus said unto his disciples, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. See, that's what it means to be surrendered. If we as believers and as the corporate body of Christ here in Williamstown are going to be on mission, we must be surrendered. 
Jesus was speaking to his disciples and he said to his disciples that all power was given to him. It was given to him by the Father. And, and Jesus here is referencing the human nature of himself. We don't know when that power was given to him. But in relation to the, to the divine nature, we know that all authority belonged to the Son from all of eternity. You say, how do you know that? Well, in John chapter 1, verses 1 through 4, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. In Daniel 7, 13 through 14, And I saw the night visions, and behold, one like the Son of Man came with the clouds of heaven, and came to the Ancient of Days, and they brought him near before him. And there was given him dominion and glory and a kingdom that all peoples and nations and languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion, which shall not pass away. And his kingdom, that which shall not be destroyed. So what I'm referencing here, I want you to understand. Jesus, as the Son of God... He received power, and Jesus is speaking about his human nature. But the verses we just read shows Jesus' divine nature when he was the Word. He's always had all power. So what we do know about this power is that Jesus Christ was given it by the Father. And we also know about this power that Jesus Christ has all of it. Well, what does it mean to have power? It means authority. Jesus has the authority to rule. Jesus has the right. He has the power to act. The word power or authority, it denotes privilege, permission, rule. It has to do with control and influence. So Jesus is the one with authority. He is able to determine things, to decide things, to make judgments and give certain privileges and rights. Jesus also mentions in this area where he has ruling authority, where we were supposed to be surrendered unto him. It's in heaven and it's in earth. This shows the complete and comprehension, uh, comprehensiveness of the power of Jesus. What is he saying? Jesus is saying in verse 18 that nothing is out of his control. Everything is underneath his authority. You know, I really think, friends, there would be a grave mistake on your part, just to glaze over the statement that Jesus has just made about his, his power. One man said it this way, the kingly authority of Jesus embraces heaven and all that lives and has its being. Angels and archangels, powers, principalities, might, dominion, thrones, and all the saints in glory. This authority is exercised also over all the evil spirits, all the evil spirit world, whose prince is conquered and whose hosts lie in abject subjection beneath Jesus' feet. All the power of heaven are in his hand to do his bidding without question or pause. See, Jesus is saying here, I have all power. He's not only speaking about his heavenly authority, but his earthly authority. See, all, all the earth is subject to him. All the inhabitants of the earth are subject to him. Friends and foes are subject to him. All of its power, all the powerful people. Jesus has authority over all. You know, this is called the doctrine of omnipotence, that Christ is the only one that possesses all consuming power. Now, with that in your mind, 
and knowing what you know about the power of Jesus, are you surrendered? Are you living for God's mission? Have you waved the white flag of submission to God and say, not my will, Lord, but yours be done? See, you and I, we can never be on mission if we're not surrendered to the God who gave the mission. To surrender means that you and I, we will stop living selfishly for ourselves and live for God's mission, and that is to seek the lost. Are you surrendered? Are you on mission? If being on mission is your mission, you will be available, you will be devoted, you'll be surrendered. And then secondly, number two, take a look at verse 19. You are obedient. The Bible says in verse 19, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. We have clearly seen from the Bible that Jesus has all power. And since Jesus has all power and all authority, he has the right to set the mission for the church. Should not the founder of the church have the right to set the mission of the church? Well, yes. Should not the head of the body, the church, be able to direct the body of the church? Well, yes. Jesus says in that verse, therefore, he says, on the basis that I have all authority, on the basis that I have all authority over heaven and over earth, this is what I want you to do while I am preparing a place for you. I want you to go, I want you to teach, and I want you to baptize. So, we are to what? Make disciples of all nations. This is a part of our mission. We are to win and to teach, to make disciples. So how are you going to be an obedient to the mission that the Lord's given to you? Are you making disciples of the people that are in your circle of influence? See, to teach all nations or to, to make disciples means making believing learners. Making believing learners. That's what Jesus is teaching his disciples, to make a believing learner. We are to take a non-believer and to make them believers who are learning and living the word of God. To do what? To observe all things. So we are to go, to teach, and to baptize. You know, friend, it's not the responsibility of the world to come to us. It's our responsibility to go. It's for the church, for you and I, to go into the world. And as we're going into the world, we're to be teaching. Let me ask you something. Who is in your world that's not a believing learner? Who is in your world that's not a believing learner? Well, if you were to say to me, well, pastor, I don't have anybody, that's a problem. You're not on mission. I didn't say, say you have to have 30 people, but everybody should have one, at least. Who is in your world that's not a believing learner? Who is it that you are going to go and teach? See, we are to be witnessing people of the, uh, of the love of God to a lost world. We are to be a witnessing people to the message of God's grace. We are to be a witnessing people to those who need to be rescued from sin. So who in your world needs to be taught? Who in your work world needs to be taught? Hey, high school or college student, who in your school world needs to be taught? 
Who in your family world needs to be taught? Who in your club needs to be taught? Who in your sports world, friend, needs to be taught? See, we are still to be about the task of going. So wherever they are that do not know Christ, wherever Christ is not mentioned, we need to go teach and baptize. Jesus then mentions a second aspect of being obedient to him, to teach them. And we mentioned that. And what are we to teach them? About the grace of God. About that every man's a sinner. About that Jesus is the Savior. That he died on the cross for their sins and he rose again. But then he says the third aspect, to baptize. It's to immerse in water. Why would this be important? Why would Christ stress this? See, I believe because believer's baptism is an outward sign of an inward faith. When one is baptized, you are telling the world, if you will, that you've accepted the gift of salvation because now Jesus is your master, your Lord, your Savior. See, you and I can't see what takes place in the heart. See, baptism doesn't get one saved. Baptism is the result of being saved. You might say, well, wait a second, Pastor. What about Mark chapter 16, verses 15 and 16? The Bible says, And he said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. It's not saying that baptism saves you. Look at the end of verse 16. The verse says, the verse says that if you don't believe, you're damned. What does it mean? That you're going to hell. It does not say that if you are not baptized, you're damned or going to hell. See, baptism is a natural part of the demonstration of a true heart of faith for Jesus Christ. You're making a public statement of your faith in Christ. See, a believer, is, a believer who is on mission is available, is devoted, is surrendered, and is obedient. But thirdly, this morning, take a look at verse 20. You are one. Teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even until the end of the world. Amen. You know, this verse right here is such an encouragement for all of us. Jesus says, lo, he, he, says, he says, wait, get a hold of this. Pay attention to this. I, I, I want you to, to get this. And Jesus says, look, I'm with you. Jesus is not sending an angel to be with you. Jesus says, me, myself, I am going to be with you. And this is tremendous. See, you don't have to be on mission by yourself. As a matter of fact, you can't be on mission by yourself. You need to be one with Jesus Christ. You need to go in his power. It's his power that you can go in. It's his authority that you can go in. You and I, we have no authority of ourselves. But in Jesus Christ, we have all authority to go and say, look, this is the truth. And guess what? It's truth whether people believe it or not. But you are one with him. You can go in his power. See, I don't have to go at this task alone. And I wouldn't even want to try and accomplish this task alone. And Jesus tells us that all of his power and all of his presence is with us. And this just isn't a one-time deal with Jesus. He says that he will be with us till the end of the age. What is he saying? That he'll be with us until his second coming. 
until he comes back to set up his rule on earth, he is going to be with us and then we'll be with him for all of eternity. See, friend, what an encouragement. You don't have to go at this alone. You are to be one with him. What's the Bible say about Jesus? That he is the vine and we are the branches. What? We are to be plugged into him. And what, is that? what does a branch do? The branch gets its nutrients, its power, its life from the vine. So let me ask you something. Have you been trying to do this on your own just because you know it's right to do? And it is right to do. But have you been going at it in your own strength, in your own wisdom, trying to convince people Hey, it's not your job to try and convince people. It's the Holy Spirit's job to convict people. So let me ask you something, friend. Are you on mission? You say, Pastor, how do I know if I'm on mission? Are you available? Are you devoted? Are you surrendered? Are you obedient? And are you one? The mission of the church is to be on mission. And the mission is to win people to Christ, to make them believing learners, and to continue the process till the whole world knows. My friend, you may not know Christ today, and I would be amiss to not share with you what I've just been telling people to do. You know, the Bible tells us very plainly that all have sinned. I've sinned and you've sinned. In the book of Romans, it tells us that. For all have sinned, and because of our sin, we have fallen short of God's glory. We've all sinned. We've been born with that sin nature because of what happened in the Garden of Eden. And so God says, you're a sinner. And then he says, because you're a sinner and the wages of sin is death. The reason that people die today is because of sin. We were designed by God to live forever. But because of sin, sin corrupts our bodies and we die. So the Bible says you and I were a sinner. The Bible says that you and I, our payment, we've got to make a payment for our sin. We're getting death. And if I were to say that's all that there is, and I'm so sorry, and all that we had to look forward to was an eternity in hell, you say that's awful news. But see, God loves us so much, he didn't stop there. says, but God demonstrated his love toward us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So guess what? The payment, the wages for the sin has already been taken care of by Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ died in your place. He took your payment and my payment. He took the penalty of our sin and he died on the cross for you and for me. He paid that debt. And the Bible says he rose again three days later according to the scriptures. See, if Jesus just died and never rose again, he wouldn't have paid the debt. He had to die and rise again. And God the Father accepted that payment. And what you and I have to do in order to be free from the penalty of sin, you say, well, what's the penalty? We're going to be separated from God for all of eternity in a place called hell. And do you realize hell was not made for you or for me? It wasn't. God doesn't want you to go there. And so therefore, he's offering you this free gift 
It's a gift. All you have to do is take it. You say, well, pastor, I don't want to go to hell. I don't want to carry this burden of sin and guilt and, oh, it's just terrible. I'm tired of living life my own way. I've made a mess of it. Well, friend, don't even try and fix it on your own. Jesus Christ wants to fix it for you. He wants to clean your life up. He wants to rescue you from an eternity in hell. You say, well, how do I do that? Number one, you must admit that you're a sinner. You must accept the fact that Jesus Christ died for your sins. You say, Pastor, I believe that. Don't believe it because I say it. Believe it because that's what the Word of God has to say. Well, I believe that's what the Word of God has to say. And then ask Jesus Christ to forgive you of your sins. Place your faith in Him. You say, well, how do I do that? It's as simple as this. You could be sitting in your home watching this, watching it on your phone, your iPad, wherever you're at. You could be in your car right now. Maybe it's during your lunch break. You could say, God, I know that I'm a sinner according to your word. And I'm asking you now to come into my life and to forgive me of my sins. I accept Jesus Christ as my Savior. Thank you for his sacrificial payment. I accept that gift that you give to me. And I'm putting my faith and trust in you and you alone. Friend, if you've done that, you've accepted Christ as your personal Savior. And I'd like to help you. I'd like to send to you two free gifts. I'd like to send to you this book written by a friend of mine, What Other Religions Don't Tell You About the Bible. And I'd like to send you a brand new Bible, just like this one. It's a nice Bible. All you have to do, you say, Pastor, what do I have to do to get that? All you have to do, the only thing is just fill out that electronic connection card down there. Put your address in, and we will mail it, mail this to you free of charge. We've sent this out to many different people. Could I encourage you to do that? I want to help you in your new journey with Jesus Christ. Christian friend, let me ask you, are you on mission? God bless you, and have a wonderful day. Thanks again for watching us online today. If you haven't done so already, please fill out a digital connection card so we know how to better serve you this week. For encouragement throughout your week, you can listen to past sermons by searching Open Bible Baptist Church on the Apple Podcast or Google Play Store. If you'd like to give today, you could give online at openbiblenj.org. Thanks again for joining us today. We'll see you on the next broadcast.